Well, good morning. We're happy that you were able to tune in this morning. This is 89.1 FM radio coming to you from Lorain, Ohio. And uh, really good to have you on this beautiful autumn day. I'm here taping this morning with my good friend and assistant, David Aboot. David, Hey, welcome. John. How are you? Great to be here. Yeah. It is beautiful. a beautiful day indeed. Beautiful autumn day. Yeah. And we're very happy because we're continuing our study in the book of Revelation today as we go through it. Now, some of you might actually get better audio if you can't hear this real good or having any trouble. You just go to the computer and go to www.wnzn.org. That's wnzn.org. And it should be a clear um, program that you can get on that. So, David, we've been discussing the book of Revelation. We mm -hmm. looked at chapter 1. We said that verse 1, it's a revelation of Jesus Christ. Many people don't realize that. They think it's a revelation of the end times. It's a revelation of this. But the focus and the central theme is Jesus Christ. Right. And chapter 1, we see him in all his glory, so much so that when John sees him and maybe john was the closest apostle during jesus earthly ministry he just yeah. falls down yeah. yeah he's almost undone and our lord touches him and then he makes these pronouncements that he is the alpha and the omega he was he is he you know is to be um he's um and then john receives these letters from jesus to seven churches local churches in what is present-day turkey um, back then it was called Asia or Asia Minor. And, of course, John is on an island called Patmos. It's like a prison island. He was banished there, probably an old man by this time. We're not really sure of the year, maybe 80 A.D. or 85. We're not real sure. That's where he gets the revelation. Okay, And chapters 2 and 3, we covered rather extensively the seven churches. There's a yeah. personal letter from Jesus to the seven churches, which is... You know, if you study Ephesians or Galatians or First and Second Peter, these are written by apostles, but this is Jesus himself. Yeah. So it's very, very important. Yeah. And then we shift it as John leaves, so to speak, the earth, starting with chapter 4 in the book of Revelation. He now is in heaven. He's, he's in the spirit, but he's taken up from the earth. Uh, he says a door is opened in heaven, chapter 4, verse 1, and he's going to see things. Mm -hmm. That perhaps never been revealed before in terms of a heavenly vision, what's going on in heaven. Now, if you study the Old Testament, Ezekiel, mm -hmm. Daniel, Isaiah, even Job in chapter 1, we catch glimpses of heaven yeah. and some of the, what's going on there. But this is much more a completed picture that John is getting uh, through this revelation that God is in, in showing him. And so last week we discussed chapter 4, mm -hmm. and the focus here is on the throne room of God. It introduced these 24 elders that are around the throne and these four creatures and they're all worshiping God and it ends with uh, verse 11 of chapter 4 you are worthy O Lord to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they exist and were created so mm -hmm. the emphasis here is on and praising God for his creation right that he is the creator and on a morning like this, when you look at, you know, the beautiful morning, sun is shining, leaves are turning, you know, orange and red and yellow on the trees. And it's just beautiful outside. Well, this is, this should tell us something about a creator. You know, the Bible says in Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory of God. The atmosphere showeth forth his wonderment, mm -hmm. his handiwork. Day unto day speaks to us about God's yeah. creative ability. He is the great artist, mm -hmm. you know. 
a great mathematician, a great engineer, whatever title you want to, yeah. you know, you just can't help but lay all these titles before him. But now, what we're going to talk about this morning is chapter 5. John is still, remember, he's in the heavenlies, and he's getting this vision, and this is high detail stuff that he's getting here, studied throughout the ages by theologians who have been into the book of Revelation. Mm -hmm. And maybe, David, if you want, yeah. chapter 5, verse 1 through 3, sure. you could read that, please. The scroll and the lamb, Revelations 5, verses uh, uh, 1 through 3. Then I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll with writing on both sides and sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, Who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll? But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth could open the scroll or even look inside it. Okay. Yeah. So thank you. Yeah. So this this introduces us to chapter five. Right. Uh, with this new uh, this continued vision that John mm -hmm. is having uh, in the book of Revelation. Uh, as you read, it says, "I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll written inside and on the back sealed with seven seals." So this we understand. Mm -hmm. Uh, he sees God, okay? And the Lord is holding out this scroll. He's sitting on a throne. Um, yeah. what, what's very interesting here, he's on a throne. And don't forget, the early church, when they were writing these letters to the seven churches, the emperor, mm -hmm. Caesar or Nero or Diocletian or Vespasian, they were the on the throne. And some of them even wanted the citizens to give them worship, like they yeah. thought they were gods. They control the land, but here's the real mm -hmm. one on the throne. God is on the throne. And that's good to remember today with all we're going through in the world with COVID, political and elections. He's in control He's in even control. now. Even now. He's in control. Yeah, absolutely. And he holds, yeah. he didn't only create mm -hmm. the creation in the universe, but he holds it together. Yes. You know, so it doesn't all come apart. Uh -huh. He talks about that in Colossians. Mm -hmm. So, okay. Now in his right hand, he that sat on the throne, a scroll written on inside and on the back which is interesting sealed with seven seals now yeah. we know that the old testament gives us detail and throws mm -hmm. light on the book of revelation and one of those books is daniel i'm just going to look at this one verse yeah he gets this incredible vision too of heaven and a prophecy not as expansive mm -hmm. as john's but nevertheless daniel gets some serious revelation but in the last chapter of daniel verse 4 chapter 12 verse 4 it says but you daniel Shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. He's get this rope, but he's but he, it's sealed. Yeah. But now it's going to be unsealed. If this is indeed what Daniel was getting back here, it's rather consistent. That's what he could be unveiling here. Yeah. So and, and you know I, I think in Revelations four, as you mentioned, John, we were focused on the throne, but here John. Uh, begins to focus his attention on the scroll held by the enthr enthroned Lord. Mm -hmm. So the focus is is the scroll. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, that's where the attention is going to yep. go. Mm -hmm. So now again, we see uh, he, he has this scroll with seven seals. And we said before, seven throughout the Bible, but in particular yeah. in the book of Revelation, you see seven all over the place. Seven spirits, seven angels, seven churches, seven judgments, seven seal judgments. Seven, seven. Why? Well, seven is the number of perfection or completion. Right. Well, if this is God's completed book, mm -hmm. you know, it's the last book of the Bible, his revelation to man, it would might kind of make sense that, that it would be embedded 
through and through with the number seven. And yeah. indeed it is. Sure. Yeah, it's completion. Right. So, um, okay, so he's got this scroll. Mm -hmm. And then he says in verse 2, I saw a strong angel <clears throat> proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the scroll and to loose its seal? So mm -hmm. the idea being, unless this thing's open, we don't know anything about it. That's and nobody's worthy to do it. No, you know, nobody. You, you can't yeah. be just anybody. Mm -hmm. Remember, even Daniel mm -hmm. couldn't open this. The cherubims were there. The elders were there. None of them could. None open of them. It. That's right. a good point. Yeah. Who is worthy? Well, yeah. in a sense, nobody until we find this one, and it mm -hmm. says, "No one in heaven." or on earth, or under the earth, was able to open the scroll. Now, that's very important because we see three areas here. Heaven, yeah. earth, and under the earth. And later in Revelation, we're going to see, well, right now we're in the heavenlies, right? John mm -hmm. in chapter 4 and 5 has got this all through the book. He's like going to be in the heavenlies. Yeah. Number two, we're going to see what's happening on earth. And later on in chapter 9, another, we're going to see what's happening under the earth when these creatures are released and kind of this demonic host is. Mm -hmm. So if you think of that, heaven, earth, and then under the earth. If you Let's put it this way. If you were watching a play, a stage yeah. play, and it had three levels, you got the regular level, the floor where the, the play right. takes place, and then if all those <laughs> lights were dim and there was an attic or an upper floor where action is taking place, and if those are dimmed, dim, yeah. and then you go look under the stage and there's activity. So these three... Here we're going to see, and they're going yeah. to be explained more fully in right. the book of Revelation. Well, you know, um, one of the questions I had is, obviously, the, the question is, what what is in the scroll? Mm -hmm. You know, I, I thought well, maybe it's the Old Testament or the Old and New Testament together, or the fulfilled prophecy, but then John writes, things related to these things must take place after this yes. in Revelation 4.1. So this is the future, Right. Right. The scroll, right. That's what we're anticipating yeah. because we know as the scroll is unraveled, mm -hmm. there's judgments. There, yeah. There's things that are going to happen on the earth. And then you're going to see this as it nears the end of the Bible, uh, Revelation, mm -hmm. uh, the demise and judgment of Satan and the wicked yeah. and the new heaven and new earth. And, 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 you know, all of this stuff that's going to come out at the consummation of the age. And so it is after. But he's kind of given us a glimpse here you know what is coming yeah. it's, it's very interesting it's not it's not always uh clear sometimes sure. when people read it but in, again in verse three it says no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth very interesting these three locations that mm -hmm. john is going to see something about was able to open the scroll and as a result of that he says i wept much because no one was found worthy to open and read the scroll or to look at it not only to open not able to open yeah. it not only not able to read it and not even able to look at it so it's closed and remember we mm -hmm. said in daniel he was told to seal up the book it wasn't time for it to be revealed now it's going to be time to be revealed but who's who, who is who's worthy that's the key yeah in verse five we'll, that's very powerful what's going to happen now in verse five okay before we go on to verse five john uh -huh. we talked about this a little bit before the show um you know, do you think that, that this is related at all to, like, God's will uh, and testament for us? You know, similar to the, how they did the Roman law with uh, with, with uh, wills being sealed uh, with seven uh, wax seals to each representing a witness to validate the will. Do you think there's any uh, connection to that, that this is God's last will and testament? 
it could be. I mean, if it's if it's the idea, um, for example, if yeah. you look at Psalm two, Psalm two, it'll say something kind of interesting regarding this. It says, I'm going to scroll down in Psalm two. It says. <clears throat> Verse 7, Yeah, I will declare the decree the Lord has said to me. This is Jesus, okay? It's, it's a Messiah mm-hmm. psalm. Yeah. You are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance, mm-hmm. yeah. the ends of the earth for your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron. That speaks of judgment. You shall dash them to pieces like a potter's vessel. So you see this judgment, yeah. which we're going to see when yeah. the seals are open. Now, if you turn to Daniel... If you turn to Daniel chapter 7, we, we get a little bit more light on this particular topic. Now look at Daniel right. chapter 7, and it's verse, I believe it starts in verse 13. Um, okay, now if you look in verse um, 13 to, and yeah. 14, if you can read that. In my vision at night I looked, and there before me was one like the Son of Man, coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the Ancient of Days and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All nations and peoples of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. Okay, do you see this? Ha- this this is a vision <clears throat> Daniel has of this this uh, the Holy One, the Son of Man, is coming to the throne and he's receiving all these nations. There, he's receiving the right to rule all these. He's king of kings and lord of lords. Do you understand how that transitions to where we're at now? That could be what he is getting here in chapter five. Yeah, okay. And, and then the other thing that that I was uh, thinking about is could this be a title to, to the earth, to the planet? Because you know Satan has been ruling down here. He's the you know what are they God of the air or God of the, this yeah, age, yeah yes, the right. God of this age based on what Jesus said, and is it is it reclaiming, you know Earth you know yeah, in some yes. way you could be in terms right, of the future. I I don't know. I, that's why I'm asking you. It's a good point there because remember in the wilderness <clears throat> temptation of right. Jesus, yeah, Satan comes to him and one of his temptations is bow down and worship me and I will give you what. I'll give you all, these all the planet, yeah, all, all the kingdoms, nations. right? See? Yeah, but that that wasn't the way to go. I mean, no. we know that. But he, here's here's what it'll say in Psalm 110. Yeah, that, what I love about the Book of Revelation, it forces you to go back into the Old Testament, and it says here, "The Lord has said to my Lord," and already you see something mm-hmm. going on in heaven where you got God and then God. Yeah. you know, the Lord said to my, "Sit at my right hand." That's where Jesus is now. Till I make your enemies your footstool, okay? The Lord shall send out the rod of your strength out of Zion, rule in the midst of your enemies. Verse 5, the Lord is at your right hand. He shall execute kings in the days of his wrath. He shall judge the nations. He shall fix the places of dead by. He shall execute the head of many countries. Do you see what he's saying here? He's coming. This belongs to him. And he's, he's gonna, gonna come, he's gonna reclaim he's it. He's gonna reclaim it. And part yeah. of that reclaiming is wrath. Yeah. He's gonna come down. So so then that ties into the future, exactly. what John was saying. It's exactly. not the past, so right. it's not it's not the old and the new testament, it's the future. Right. So okay. when we so, pray, so it answers that question in some regards. When we pray, yeah. Our Father who art in heaven, yeah. hallowed be thy name, then what do we thy say? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. On earth. On as it is in heaven. There you go. So it's bringing 
in a sense heaven yeah. back to earth and reclaiming it I guess back to the Garden of Eden status and beyond perhaps. yeah and beyond, and beyond yeah. right with right. the new heaven and the new earth and we are going to be in a glorified body isn't that fantastic it's amazing and and the, what what you'll see all the way through the book of Revelation <clears throat> yeah. some people focus on the judgments yes and the, but all through it yeah. God wants us to repent mm -hmm. he wants it's just like when he brought the plagues on Egypt it just yeah. kept hardening Pharaoh's heart instead of saying you know what I'm going to I'm going to serve the, and obey the living God. I'm not going to be into mm -hmm. these idols. And that same thing we see, in a sense, the book mm -hmm. of Revelation could apply all through church history because you've had these things going on where God can bring blessing, but he can also bring wrath and judgment on a people or a country that disobeys and goes away from But even in his disciplining, he wants us to come back to him. But, you know, this, this, this drives the other question in my mind is, is you know there's no doubt that the earth is the Lord's. You know, in mm -hmm. Psalm 24, 1, it talks about that. Um, <clears throat> you know, it, so it, it's almost, and we discussed this, and this is this is a different subject matter, but the fact that God has always been in control. Right. He's in control today, even right. with COVID, even with World War One and Two, all the way through he's in control, but he has allowed the enemy to... Mm. you know, fly around and kind of control this dominion in some regards. Sure. You know, just on earth. Sure. So, but he had a purpose for that. Oh, right? yeah. Right? And yeah. so it, the, everything was designed. So, um, and that's something, it, it's almost like, okay, we're doing this, but then <clears throat> we're going to come to full conclusion here, and I'm going to remedy everything that's happened on the earth that's not good. Yeah, right, because remember, The David, time has come. Exactly. Yeah. Because... Here's the thing. There's more going on earth than what we see going on earth. Yeah. And one thing the book of Revelation does, it widens our perspective to see what's going on in heaven, in the mm -hmm. spiritual realm. There's angelic beings. God is sitting on his throne. Prayers are going up to him like incense. Yeah. Demons are flying around in their operating mode, uh, influencing things in, on the earth and men on the earth to go to idolatry and, and all this other stuff. So it's a, it's a multiplex. The, the 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 definition I like. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is that it? I'm back to God's will, His final settlement of the affairs of the universe. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like this is it. Yeah. And that's what's in the scroll. Right. Uh, I I don't know if you know if that's your opinion or. Yeah, it's it's a big question, but yeah. part of the thing is what's interesting. The role we play. Remember, think of that stage, that yeah. plebeian, is when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. In a sense, you're bringing a portion mm -hmm. of that kingdom yeah. in because you're yeah. allowing Jesus to rule and to reign in your life, in mm -hmm. your thought life, in your words, in your marriage, raising your children. Mm -hmm. So, in a sense, we are bringing uh, the kingdom, you know, in 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 already. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, remember when Jesus was raised from the dead and he meets with the apostles yeah. and he says, "All power and authority has been given has been to given me. to me. Yeah. Go make disciples right. of all nations." Before you, you so. This is happening, and it's going to ultimately happen. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense, it's coming, but it's coming even more fullness. And I think that's what we're scrolling here as we go through this, that um, it's, it's remarkable because if, if you believe the Bible is true, we are getting a window on things. And later on, I'll even show you where some theologians say, if you're saved, John is seeing you. In that multitude that's in heaven. We'll look at that when we get yeah. down. He says Boy, <laughs> But, you know, I, I like, I really like that thought, if it is accurate at all. Just the idea that, you know, and when you think about um, remedies, uh -huh. 
you think about evolution, sure. you think about innovation, you have to destroy sometimes the past to move on and to clean things up sometimes if you have a moldy building. Yeah, right. You got to wreck it sometimes because you can't irrigate it properly. There's just too many areas you can't get to. Right. And so when you think about that kind of renovation, that's the way I'm looking at it. It's painful, but it's beautiful in the same yeah, breath. Yeah, right. That's a good point. That's a good so, point, David. So, you know, and, and that's, that's the way I look at this. But, you know, I, I can't tell you how many people have told me they're scared to read Revelations. Oh. Well, yes, because one of the, they don't understand. But so far from one through five, yeah. we're seeing how he's, yeah, he's critiquing these churches. Right. But he's also showing them a path forward, and he's showing them the beauty of, of heaven oh, and yeah. eternal life. And now here we're even seeing that there's a bigger plan to to totally cast out all the evil that's yeah, on the right. planet. And the other thing yeah. is, it's the only book in the Bible that has special blessings. Yeah. For those that read it, we should look at those too at some point. Yeah. yeah so people understand right in that. Chapter yeah. one, verse three. There's a special <clears throat> blessing. So one of the reasons people fear it is they don't have a grasp of it. Then yeah. they rely on popular culture mm -hmm. or books, the apocalypse or the. Uh, the the mark of the beast or the devil yeah, and, uh, right. it's all convoluted if you let it unfold itself here's the thing we we can serve god for two reasons and i think both are 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 somewhat adequate number one out of the love of god for what he's done for us and that can motivate us to serve but also we can obey and serve him out of fear right you see those both of those can play <clears throat> what the Right. What Revelation shows us is the awesomeness of God, the mm -hmm. certainty of a coming judgment, but also just like you described with the seven churches, he shows them what they're doing wrong, but he offers them a remedy. Yeah. He gives advice, like yeah. a good doctor says, this is the problem, this is the x-rays are showing this, here's your blood test, you're in trouble, but here is the prescription, if you take it, you're going to live a long and healthy life. He's not a dictator, right? in the sense of the human dictators we know that have been evil. You know, yeah, he's a very strong father indeed, yeah. and he will critique you. But, you know, he does have the stick and the carrot approach, uh, which is the perfect father because you can always trust him. Yeah. Uh, and and I, I just think, <clears throat> you know, I, I pray that people start to realize the good news in Revelation. Yeah, right. Right. That's a good it's, point. It's David. not just apocalyptic. No. And then when you move to the end, it's quite glorious. <clears throat> right. No more tears, no more suffering, no more pain. Yeah. We got these bodies of light. Yeah. You know, okay. No kidding. Okay, let's go. Make so, a good point. Yeah, so now we're on rev we're going back. Okay. Verse five. Very, very important. If you want to read that one day. Okay, give me a second. I was Revelation, the other one. Yeah. Chapter just... five, verse it, the whole thing is gonna turn on this verse. Okay. Okay. So verse five, then one of the elders said to me, <clears throat> Do not weep. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. Okay, so now, there it is. now yeah. we see, behold the lion. Uh, these are all royal terms. Lion, of course, the king of the beast. Um, the tribe of Judah. Why was Judah so important? Remember, there's 12 <clears> tribes <throat> in Jacob's family. Judah is the kingly. That's where the kings, King David, come from that. Yeah. Notice this idea of the root of David. Now, why that? All of these are very important <clears throat> elements that John is now seeing. The elder directs him. He says, don't weep. There's one that can open this, this scroll. Yeah. And he says, behold means 
attention or like, you know, the king is coming, so to speak. The lion of the tribe of Judah. Well, we know when the Messiah come, he had to come <clears throat> from the kingly line, not Levi, Levitical, or the line of um, Benjamin or Ephraim. He had to come. He had to be the son of David. Now, that's important because many times you'll hear people calling out to Jesus, oh, son of David. Right. He must be David's offspring. But here it says what? He's the root of David. Now, what does a root tell you? He's the he's the the foundation. He comes before David. Yeah. <clears throat> so he comes before yeah. David, but he's after David. Mm -hmm. How can that be? Well, he's the son of God. He's eternal. <laughs> As God, yeah. he's eternal. Right. As human, right. he is the son of David. Yes. Or he'd be the great, great, great mm -hmm. grandson. You'll see this at the end of the book of Revelation, right. where it says this. I'm just going to quote here. Um, this very same kind of uh, title. Jesus himself will say in chapter 22, verse 16 of Revelation, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David. See, and, and that's that's really it, John, uh, where he was fully God and fully man. Exactly right. And this is where a lot of the big discussion comes in, isn't it? Yeah. With uh, unbelievers. And if you don't, if you don't grasp this message... Clearly, the yeah. Bible will not make any sense. It won't to you. make sense. It, it, it's, it's, our, our faith doesn't make sense. It doesn't fit. Yeah. Now that's that's why you know <laughs> Jesus would use this when he'd say to uh, it's in Matthew when mm -hmm. he's being challenged. He says, "I'm going to ask you a question to the scribes and Pharisees. Yeah. Whose son is the Messiah? <clears throat> and they say, "Well, it's David's son." And then he takes him to Psalm 110, 110, which we just read. He says. How then can David in the Holy Spirit, inspired by the Holy Spirit, say, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit thou at my right hand till I make all your enemies your footstool. Right. How how can how can this be? How can God be calling God and saying, <clears throat> Sit at my right hand? Yeah. Unless he preexisted David. You see? So there you have his deity. He preexists. He's the Alpha right. and the Omega. Jesus says, Before Abraham was I am. And number two, he comes after David. You see? I always say people mess up because they don't fully understand his deity or they don't fully understand his humanity and they get him confused. I always say Jesus in his humanity was sleeping in the boat when they went across Lake Galilee. But Jesus in his deity, when he woke up, he said to the wind and the waves, be still. And just like that. Yeah. So you see his humanity in his deity. And I think the other thing that points to him as the son of God is just this throne image. Mm. You know, uh, the cherubim yeah. that have faces of a human, eagle, ox, and a lion cannot open the scroll. Right. The elders that are in the outer rim of the throne cannot touch the scroll. Exactly. It's the slain lamb. And I, I think that the image I love about that is you can see the blood on the lamb. Right. Like it's fresh. Yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah you right, know, right, and yeah. I don't want to jump ahead, but basically the thing that's interesting to me is it's not... A lion on right. the throne, even though we we uh, suggest Jesus is, you know, the you know he has that um, persona. Right. But it's a lamb. Yeah. Right. It's a mixed look how metaphor. look right. how humble and gentle, yeah. but look how big and mighty. Yeah. The lamb is. Yeah. It's uh, a mixed okay. metaphor. Yeah. He's both lamb. Right. And he's lion. Right. He's both the alpha. He's the omega. Mm -hmm. He is the shepherd. But he is the lamb for Man. sacrifice. Wow. You see, oh, he's yeah. the priest, but he's the tabernacle. So you're going to see this idea, how he, he you know, mm -hmm. 
So he said, okay, now this yeah. is the one, verse 5. And then John says, I looked and behold. First it's a lion. Six. Then it moves. Yeah. Verse 6, he says, now he moves. And in the midst of the throne, notice he's on this throne. Yeah. Of the four living creatures in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as though it had been slain. Mm -hmm. Now, what the, like you brought up, he, he just doesn't see, see a lamb. It's a lamb that had been slain. Which tells so there's you blood coming from it. Well, there are, at least the wounds. I, yeah, the wounds. There's still fresh blood. Well, there's is still what you wounds. Would, there. Right now, uh -huh. remember, when Jesus rose from the dead, he had a resurrected body. Mm -hmm. But what did Thomas say? I will not believe he's until written. I see the see his I wounds. I put my hands yeah. then he in, in, his, in his in his side yeah. and touch his pier, mm -hmm. which suggests that even after his resurrection and Jesus has a glorified body probably similar to what we'll have when we're resurrected, they still contain the wounds. And he ascends to heaven with the wounds. It even says when he's coming back on the white horse with the angel army that the the wounds Every, are visible. In Zechariah yeah. chapter 12, verse 10, mm -hmm. says that we will look upon him whom we have pierced. You know, very, very important point. But why, why this is interesting, David, is when you think of man, mankind, mm -hmm. throughout thousands of years, the things we've done with our hands, with mm -hmm. what we've done with our minds, you know, jet airplanes and computers mm -hmm. and, you know, uh, heart transplants mm -hmm. and, and uh, you know, coliseums and aqueducts, all these great things we've done with our hands. You know, the one thing that made it into heaven that man did on this earth was crucified Jesus. Exactly right. Because you're right, you know, the marks are from the previous sacrifice right. that he made for us to allow us to even get in the throne room. That's the only thing. All of Can our it, creations, yeah. everything we did down in here stays down here, except what we did to the Son of Man when we that's killed right. him. That's right. It's interesting yeah. because that's a lasting that is. for all eternity. So now we see... But you know, the other thing I think about when, when I think about that image is... Even when we go up to heaven, mm -hmm. even when our kids go up to heaven, God willing, it's like that sacrifice is going to continue to help the masses. It's not just frozen in time. It's no. ongoing. Yeah. And, and so, so that sacrifice is ongoing. You have the opportunity today oh, yeah. to change your life yeah. and get into heaven. It's not done with. Yeah, right. you know, this isn't frozen in time in that respect. The sacrifice that was made continues into perpetuity as yeah. long as god decides it does yeah i mean yeah. he ever liveth to make intercession until he us. comes back yeah and yeah. today is the day of salvation mm -hmm. the bible clearly says if you hear his voice don't harden your heart every day is a day of opportunity but i hope people day, understand that that they day. can they can change their life today you, it's not past you still have the opportunity exactly right just because jesus left the planet doesn't mean you can't change your life and come to Christ. But every day that passes is one less day. Right. You know, that we cannot presume upon. We're not guaranteed, just like we learned in the church, we have no idea of the timing exactly. of his coming. Exactly. And right. you need to be a little bit scared about the timing so that you act. Yeah. Because it's like anything else. Until you're pushed in life, you're not going to react yeah, all right. the time. You wait for the last minute. Yeah. And so we're trying to, Jesus is trying to, the apostles are trying to. All the people that have gone before are trying to tell you to, to do this now and don't wait. That was the Because we don't know the time he's coming back. We don't back. know tomorrow. Right. I always say the problem with us Americans in particular, mm -hmm. we always think tomorrow is going to be like today. Now look at the COVID thing. Yeah. You can't even see this thing, uh, right? Yeah. It's so yeah. You need microscopes. 
how could this thing so small literally stop the world mm -hmm. economies mm -hmm. within a week? Mm -hmm. In one week. Mm -hmm. You know, who saw that coming? Okay. So, too, something could happen tomorrow that's catastrophic, but we've got today. What the Bible says, basically, you've got today. I think the average age, somebody did a study on 9-11 of people going up in those twin towers like 35 years mm -hmm. of age. Going up with their Starbucks coffee, laptop, was just another day in those most magnificent buildings in New York City. They did not think when they got on the elevator that was their last day. But that's, that's what the Bible, with your sense of urgency when you say that, David, today is the day. Now, God willing, we're going to live a long life in mm -hmm. 90 or 100 years. But the Bible is very clear when mm -hmm. it says, boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day might bring forth. You just don't know. Yeah. I mean, you take Colby, got on that helicopter mm -hmm. in L.A., mm -hmm. very sophisticated piece of machine with his daughter on a Sunday morning, just flying out yeah. to a basketball game. for. His, I mean, you know, he wasn't in traffic in L.A., so you're not going to get in a car accident. But who would have thought? We, we do not know when our time is up. Exactly. None right. of us have any guarantee to live another 20, 30 years, Think 10 God's years, hands. a year, Think five God's days. Hands. Nobody knows. So, so anyway, okay. yeah. All right, so now he looks and he sees this lamb as though it had been slain. Yeah. Having Now here's the sevens again. Seven horns mm -hmm. and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. Now some feel, you, you see there's seven spirits back in jail. Chapter 1 of Revelation, where it says in verse 4, Grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits mm -hmm. who are before his throne. So he's picking up from chapter 1, verse 4, this yeah. thing before. the. Some feel maybe this is a description of the Holy Spirit. Seven spirits of God. Uh, seven horns speak. Horns in the Bible often means power. If you think about uh, what? Like a... Antler, you know, these elks and these great reindeer, you know, the, mm -hmm. these kind of things that have these horns. But horns often was typical of uh, power. Yeah. And they have seven horns, might speak of omnipotence, all power. And seven eyes, eyes means you can see, but seven eyes would suggest what? All seeing. Yeah. Omniscient. Omniscient. Omniscient, yeah. right. Okay. Which are the seven spirits that God sent out to all the earth? So we, mm -hmm. and we know that the Old Testament says, God, you know, his eyes are upon everything. In him we live and move and have. We can't go anywhere that God doesn't see. But, you know, so you've got the lamb, which is soft and gentle. Uh -huh. And then you've got um, the eyes, which suggests the knowledge and wisdom, and the horns that suggest the power. power. So yeah. you've got all three blended right there perfectly. Yeah, right. Yeah. And then the number seven yeah. for completion. Yeah, all in like a symbolic Gosh, man. Wow. picture. What snapshot mm -hmm. with all these attributes kind of telling who we're dealing with here. Then he, that's the lamb, came and took the scroll well, out what, of the right. So, John, what do you think the seven spirits of God are? Well, the, yeah, I mean, it could be emblematic of the Holy Spirit. Okay. Um, seven being perfect, the Holy Spirit is perfect. If you look in Isaiah, it talks about the Holy Spirit with these um, kind of seven attributes of wisdom, counsel. Um, it, it could it could mean that, you know what I'm saying? Okay. Um, John doesn't always define exactly um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. what what is going on there, but there is that kind of sense. Maybe okay. that's what he means. All right, okay. that's fine. Um, now, we looked in chapter 7 of Daniel when we see this exchange that happens in the throne. Perhaps that's what's happening here in verse, um, in verse 7. Then he came and took the scroll 
out of the right hand of him who sat in the throne. Remember what we saw in Daniel? Mm -hmm. He's getting the scroll. Now he has it. In verse 8 it says, Now when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures, the 24 elders, fell down before the Lamb, each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. So now it's so powerful, this transaction mm -hmm. that happens here, almost by reflex. These four living creatures, these very holy beings that we saw, they're here, they're in the book of Ezekiel, they just fall, okay, like in worship. They're overcome, perhaps. 24 elders fall down before the Lamb. Notice how the Lamb receives the same worship yeah. as God did in chapter 4. It's a clear picture of his deity, David. You see how this, yes. where people say, well, I can't believe that Jesus is God, or I can't. Well, he declares himself to be God when he's on the earth. Here we're seeing in heaven, he's receiving worship. You cannot receive worship. I don't care how holy you are or a prophet or anything, but here these angelic beings, these elders, and if you look at Hebrews chapter 1, it says something very interesting about this worship um, that belongs only to God. Okay, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 6. Mm -hmm. I got it. Um and again, when God brings his firstborn into the world, he says, let all God's angels worship him. Look at that. Yeah. Let all his... Again, Jesus in his temptation in the wilderness, when Satan says, fall down before mm -hmm. me and I'll give you all these kingdoms yeah. of the world. Jesus says, you shall worship the Lord thy God and him alone. You can, Jesus cannot receive worship unless mm -hmm. he's God. The holier a person is, the more he's... He recoils, if any. That's what happened to Peter when he goes to uh, Cornelius in Acts of the Apostles, chapter 10. Cornelius is so overcome with Peter and the message he's bringing, he falls down. And Peter goes, hey, I'm a man like you. At the end of the book of Revelation, yeah. John encounters an angel so luminous and so bright and powerful. John falls down, and the angel goes, don't do it. I'm a servant of God like you are. Jesus never yeah. says that. And so people that have a hard time understanding the deity of Jesus... They don't understand what's proclaimed on his earthly ministry in the Gospels as well as what's seen in the heavenly right here. It's almost like they haven't read the whole Bible yeah. or studied yeah. it enough yeah. to see the Word of God in it. Right. You know, it, it's not to say that, that people are wrong in their beliefs in the sense that, you know, we're not criticizing. Mm. We're just saying, you know, there might be some more due diligence you need to yes, do right. to see it for yourself. Right, right. It, I mean, it's right there. It's, That's just one, but there's so many other references. There's so many other yeah. references. But now, like I always say, mm -hmm. you see him declaring that when he's on the earth, when he says something like, before Abraham was I yeah. am. Or in Matthew 13, he says, I'm Lord of the Sabbath. Well, you, you can't say that if you're a prophet only. You know, Moses would say. And then he'll say, um, I go to my father and behold, I am with you to the end of the age. Yeah. Huh? Well, that means, what do you mean? You're going to be present with us till the end of the world? So all of these are claims of deity. Yeah. But like you say, David, if we don't study the scripture, all we might look at is, um, uh -huh. well, he got tired. Yeah. Or, or, or uh, it references him just as a man. Exactly right. And, and there are references, if you just pull them out yeah. of the whole puzzle and you just cut out yeah, right. a sentence or two, anybody would think the same thing. Yeah. You have to put it in context. Exactly right. Of the full whole picture. picture. Yeah, full picture. Yeah. You can't, and so, but, you know, I, I think the other, the other thing that's amazing is, um, 
is that, you know, Jesus is in control. I mean, this scroll in the Lamb dictates the destiny of creation. Yeah. Is really kind of the, is what's, I think, being conveyed. Yeah. And um, the fact that he's coming back for us when you're Christians, and he's going to bring it back to even a better form than the Garden of Eden, yeah. theoretically, well, no, from what no. we understand, right? I think you're right. Yeah. As we get to the end of the book of Revelation, right. I'm not <clears> sure <throat> when we'll get there, but... yeah. Um, we've got a new body. Yeah. Now think of that. Um, yeah, no kidding. When he created Adam and Eve, they had a physical body and they right. interacted with the universe and the garden and food and that. But um, we're going to be elevated something. Yeah, capacity. do I get my hair back then? Yeah, Is right. there... <laughs> well, we know we're going to have bodies that sure. don't yeah. wear out. Right. There's yeah. no sorrow. There's mm -hmm. no pain. There's right. no tears. I mean, it's possible you might think a thought to be over there mm -hmm. and you're there you might you're there Boy, you know what we a don't powerful know. thing yeah. you know you know all we know is the bible clearly says i have not seen nor ear heard nor entered the heart of man what great things the lord has prepared for those that love him the 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 thing that i'm trying to get my hands around is when jesus says you know when god when it suggests we're going to be on the throne with right. him yeah right co-heirs i man yeah. i don't know yeah it's yeah he says he that is faithful with little here, I will make faithful with much there. Mm -hmm. So there's something to it right. that in eternity, yeah. what we've done here is going to have implications mm -hmm. there. That's why we're told to lay up treasure in right. heaven. Right. That's why be faithful in service here. Um, serve the God here. Um, because we have such a limited time. Right. You know, we just have this little, you know, yeah. 80 years, yeah. 90 years, whatever it is, compared to eternity. But we do here is going to echo in eternity is going to you know we can receive reward or not re you know so yeah it's good revelation is a great motivator Boy, i think yeah sure so is. now verse eight it says now when he had taken the scroll the four they now they fall down but notice something here these creatures four and twenty elders they have a harp and golden bowls full of incense yeah which are the so here we see prayer uh -huh. yeah. and worship harps worship and incense prayers that's the two that's the dynamic that's going which on which are here. prayers of the saints right so I, I looked up saints because you know I, I was struggling with that and yeah. i have been for a while sure and it's defined uh, hebrews 12 1 says a saint is anyone in heaven whether recognized on earth or not who form the great cloud of witnesses well no just not in heaven it, well it, it says i said earth Earth or not, so it's not just in heaven. Recognized oh, right, right. on earth or not, from the great cloud of witnesses, anyone in heaven, or on earth, or on earth, right, right, whether recognized on earth or not. So, so what does saint mean? Well, it comes from a Greek word which basically means sanctified ones or separated ones. Uh -huh. Okay, if you're a Christian, it means you're separated. Ecclesia means taken out of. Mm -hmm. You know, to, here's what here's what. Uh, Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 to the church of God which is at Corinth to those who are sanctified in Jesus Christ called to be saints saints they're in Corinth right he's calling them saints yeah 2nd Corinthians will say let me see he might even say the same thing okay verse 1 chapter 1 2nd Corinthians to the church of God which is at Corinth with all the saints who are in Echia okay this is a province but he's calling these Believers who are in Corinth, the city, saints. They're on the earth. They're called saints. We get it mixed up because we think, oh, no, saint is just these individuals that lived a really holy life and they did a miracle. They, 
you know, maybe they did, maybe that, whatever. But the, the title saint belongs to people who are redeemed that accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. It's not what we have done, it's what he has done for us. And we come into the, but I think it's saint, uh, I forget the number of times it's mentioned, and I had notes on this, but time and time again, uh, 25 times more in the New Testament, it's yeah. saints on the earth, on the earth. But oh. it's also mentioned in heaven. So you see what I'm saying? Yeah. But it's all through so, so who are the saints on earth? Christians. Christians. That's, just Christians in general. Christians in general. Okay. That's why. Well, you know, it's well because when I grew up, we had saints on the walls in our church yeah. that we would pray to, and we're not supposed to pray to the saints. Right. I mean, is that right, John? Yes, because they're not only present. Right. You know, and Jesus clearly says, right. um, look, whatever you ask my Father in my name, you see, uh -huh. we come to the Father through the authority or because of Jesus yeah, yeah. and Jesus alone. Mm -hmm. At one point, he says, you've asked nothing in my name. Why do we do this? Well, number one, Jesus is omnipresent. Okay, he's everywhere. He just is. You know, he, not only does he see us as he did with the seven churches, right? But he sees our heart. He yeah. See our actually sees our thoughts and the intents yeah. of our heart. Number two, he's omnipotent. Like remember the seven mm -hmm. horns that we mm -hmm. saw in the room. So he's got the power to answer prayers. Uh, number three, he's omniscient. That's omniscient means all knowing. Yeah. He knows mm -hmm. when you were born. He knows before mm -hmm. you were born. You see. Number four, he's worthy. I don't care how holy a person is. I don't care the Apostle Paul or Peter or anybody else. They did not die on the cross for my salvation or your salvation. You see, David, yes. it was a, that's, there's a difference between a martyr's death, a hero's Absolutely. death. Yeah. Uh, a soldier can give his life for his mm -hmm. friends. But an atoning death means that God came down, took upon himself human flesh, and hung on the cross for David Abood, for John Murtha. That's powerful stuff. I don't care, again, how holy a person is or pick out any of the you apostles. Know, or, so yeah, that, my it, point being, mm -hmm. and the other thing is, he's worthy, but the other thing is it's scriptural. Yeah. He never tells us to pray to, like, okay, I've been in missions to some capacity for the past 35 years, right? If I was going to pray to somebody, i pray to the Apostle Paul. He was the greatest missionary that ever lived. He wrote 13 of the letters in the yeah. New Testament. He ends up giving his life for the sake of the gospel. But I would never pray to him. I would pray to the same person the Apostle Paul prayed. He says, I bow my knee to Jesus Christ and him alone. <laughs> you get my drift here. What we should do is follow people and imitate them. Paul uh, says, yeah. follow me as I have followed Christ. I think that's one of the highest honors we can give to a holy person, um, whether it's an apostle or whoever it might be, is to follow their example of, of obedience or sacrifice or purity or whatever, but not to pray to them because you're implying that they're everywhere and they can hear a prayer in Chicago yeah. or Cleveland or Cairo or Bangkok. Well, there's nowhere in the scripture that would even say suggest such a thing. The Yeah, I, I'm going back a little bit just because uh, I'm thinking of the image of the Lamb Mm -hmm. um, that was slain and right in the presence of God in a continuous mm. manner. Every single moment, waking moment, the slain lamb is there in front of his father. Right. Representing the sacrifice that the father gave us to bring us back to him. Right. And it, it is for our offenses. 
So when any when any soul comes to the throne, the sacrifice is right there for him. Yeah, that, yeah, exactly. That's so why that, that's the way I'm thinking about it, and I, I just think, man, that that's incredible. Could you imagine just if we had our own sons, yeah. and we had a? I think what helps us as humans is we can forget bad things that happen. But even though this was so painful and so brutal and so ugly, the beauty of it is insurmountable mm -hmm. in the same breath. So it's it just, I, I don't know what a greater love there could be. There, there is none, yeah. no greater love. Uh, exactly. If, if so, Jesus is truly God. We, have to, we all have to see that, though. Yeah. And, and that gets us to study the Word and to think about this idea before Jesus left the planet on creating disciples. Right. If you don't see this piece and understand it and know the immense sacrifice and know that the Son of God came down from His throne to be there for you, it's just all... A lot of people will read the Bible. I know when I first read it, I thought, "Man, I don't understand ninety mm -hmm. yes. percent of this." It's you know, it's uh, you know, if it, th that's the piece I think that gets you to move and act. Yeah, right. That's what yeah. the Apostle Paul says. I want to know mm -hmm. Christ. Yeah. I want to know Him deeper and deeper and deeper. Uh, and look what happened to them. Yeah. These were ordinary guys that hid when Christ was crucified on the... They hid. Yeah. They were done. We don't know him. Yeah, Peter, yeah, three yeah. times he denied yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. But then when he resurrected, and as you said, Thomas put his hands through the wounds, yeah. it changed them. Changed they the were world. they yeah. were super they were super creatures yeah, after right. that. Regardless of how they were killed, most yeah. of them were brutalized, sometimes even worse than the way Christ was. Right. Upside down, crucifixion. Stoned, but they didn't care. Yeah. Right. Because they saw this piece. And so that, I think, is the thing that moved me once I started to realize and not just, you know, pass this piece over. Right, right. You know, versus it's, just reading it quick and saying, oh, yeah, that's great. Well, I'll worry about it later. Yeah, right. And yeah. To, to, to realize, as it says in Hebrews, mm -hmm. Jesus ever liveth now to make intercession for us. Yes. He's at the right hand of the Father. So... Yeah, I thousands think, of years later, it's still fresh, still, yeah. and it should be yeah. what he did for us, because that's how you're able to get to heaven yeah. in a continuous basis till he comes down again. Exactly right, and so, you know, get your you life think right. About it, yeah, you think about it. I'll start wrapping it up yeah. here. But the Israelites were in slavery in Egypt right. for 400 years. Mm -hmm. 400 years. Think about that. They were oppressed. They were, you know, under Pharaoh. They weren't a people. They weren't a nation. Right. They, and God sends this man, Moses, and he has he works miracles, plagues. We're going to see him yeah. later if we do the book of Revelation. But the final one to get them out of slavery after 400 years. Now think about mm -hmm. it. To free slaves in America, almost a quarter million young men went to war in the Civil War and died, lost limbs, died, shedding the blood. Slavery has ended, okay, 1865. Mm -hmm. But for them to get out of slavery, right. the lamb had to be slain. Remember the Passover lamb? Take the blood, put it on the doorpost, go inside. You're going to get out. When I see the blood, God says, I will pass over you. Fast forward. John introduces Jesus at the Jordan River. Behold the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. The lamb would be slain, as we see here. We see the crucifixion. So that we could get out of bondage of sin oppressed by the devil, our own thoughts, guilt, pen, all free, not because we were just obedient, but we got under the blood of the That's Lamb. That's right. It's perfect, David. It's, it's, it's and then awful. when you come 
to Revelation, that and you see perfect. that yeah. lamb is still mm-hmm. there, the, it connects the whole thing like a mm-hmm. thread. The theme is it powerful. Yeah. And what in the seven eyes, the seven horns, yeah. it's all completion, right? Exactly. And then you have the seven seals on the yeah. scroll saying, this is the only way I could have completed the story for you guys to be redeemed. Yeah, exactly you couldn't right. have done it on your own. You needed the perfect sacrifice, which was my son. That's that's how the whole Bible ties, ties in together. It in. Ties it then in. if you understand that, then you can start over and read through it. Exactly right. And it'll make that's finally what clicked for me. And then I was able to go back and say, oh, now this story makes sense. It's, yeah. And because you saw through. the cover of the puzzle yeah, box. right. Now the pieces. It, it, exactly right, yeah. So to sum it up, David, it, what, <clears throat> all religions, major religions in particular, start out with a person that has a revelation or an insight, and they develop a moral code, mm-hmm. and they yeah. try to explain existence, okay? Mm-hmm. Whether it's the Buddha or Muhammad or Lao Tzu right. or Confucius. And they give instructions to their followers to follow. Why is Christianity the only one that the central branding logo is a cross? Why did he have to die? Why didn't he just come and give a good example and, and, you know, love one another and all this and then leave the planet or whatever? Why was his whole purpose in coming was to go to that cross? Because it was only through the shedding of blood we can obtain forgiveness That's and right. new life in Christ. Mm-hmm. And we'll pick it up. Amen next to week. that. We only really have to share it. But thank you all again for yes. listening. This is 89.1 FM Radio coming to you from Lorain, Ohio. We're so grateful for this station, this platform where God goes out and the word of God goes out. Um, maybe you've never looked into some of these things before. Maybe like David said, some people are scared of the book of Revelation. But it is a tremendously helpful book, hopeful book, that it shows us that we can we can have salvation through the shed blood of Jesus Christ, the shed blood of the Lamb that was sacrificed. And we didn't see it, David and I, for many years. I mean, we each have a testimony how we came to accept Jesus Christ. But once you do, your life has changed forever. Your life has it changed It sure forever. is, man. Yeah. So, again, yeah. uh, God willing, we'll be on next Saturday. Um, tune mm-hmm. in, and we may even continue with this Chapter 5 and go from there. But God bless you all and have a great week. Thanks. Have a great weekend. Take care, everybody.